Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Gateway Rescue Mission, meeting the physical and spiritual needs of the homeless right here in Jackson, Mississippi. Check us out at www.gatewaymission.org. With a trowel in her pocket and a song in her heart, here's the Garden Mama. From the trees over your head to the lawn you hate to mow and everything green in between, Garden Mama's here to help you keep on growing. Still the empress of everything green. Here's your horticulture maven, Garden Mama Nellie Neal, on Super Talk Mississippi. Whatever we're doing, we're really glad we're not in Buffalo today. My goodness. Yeah, yeah, now we got to talk about cold. We have to talk about plant protection, pet protection, people protection, pipe protection, all of those P words that we appreciate so much around here at this time of year. But good grief, I'm glad I didn't buy that ticket. <laughs> Think about it. What, yeah, what, yeah, what if you had been waiting there. all this weekend to go like to Kansas City to this game tonight, you know? There will be people Ooh. without their shirt on, too. <laughs> sure, yeah, there, there always is. In an NFL game, it'll be four feet of snow, They've and there'll be some guy minds. out there you know, with a hard hat on, <laughs> you know, painted just letters. Painted red. Yeah, just happy as he could be. <laughs> That's a shame. But I have to confess, it makes it, as Dixon referred to in his wonderful sports report, the game in Dallas tomorrow would be a lot more fun if it was in Green Bay because then we could all look at it and go, well, we're not there. <laughs> all right. Now, all that said, this is usually the conversation that we have on this particular program, the Garden Mama Show, in February. We have hit January cold, colder than we expected. And what does that mean? Well, in my garden, that means that, that the roses that are in bloom right now probably won't be here in a few days. No problem. They are just fine. They'll be pruned in February anyway. Just have to look the other way when you see them for a bit of time. But we had a great question already today on the text line from Kathy and Vaughn. She sent a good picture showing how she's got her vegetable rows covered, and she's absolutely right. What's the best way? This extreme cold weather is coming up. She sent the picture, and she said the the rows will be covered and secured, and it's a really good-looking system, by the way, so just appreciate that, first of all. But she wants to know if they should do anything else like straw around plants or the buckets over the plants and then six mil plastic. I'll tell you, there's going to be in in zone eight where I am, I'm, I'm preparing for 36 hours of temperatures below freezing. You know, that means everything's covered up and covered up pretty tight that I want to survive. There's a lot of things that are just going to go the way, you know, but but in this case, this is food, and I want her to make sure that it survives. I'm going to use as much organic material as possible, bales of hay, bales of pine straw, that sort of thing, because for no other reason than it is, it's good insulation, and if, then if you have plastic on top of that, it's easy enough to remove the plastic when the sun comes out without actually disturbing the baffles that you've created. So consider doing that. Um, or you can, you know, luckily 
she doesn't have to do what I'm going to have to do. I'm going to have spinach in my kitchen on the counter because it's in a container, and I want to be able to keep plucking it and eating it. Those things that are a little bit on the tender side are going to be better off with more protection than less. The biggest thing that we have to remember is that if we cover everything up, we have to uncover it. So keep that in mind. Do the baffles. Do as much as you possibly can. If you're if you're in ground in ground beds like this, the the hoop system with plastic is perfect. Another layer at the ends particularly won't hurt anything. And if you have other stuff in containers, she was saying she has a bay tree that she's got a cover for. That's going to be fine. the The bay tree is going to may take a hit. But it's going to, it will grow back. If it's established already and the roots are hardy, it's going to be okay. But because we want the leaves to be protected, yeah, sure, we're going to put a cover on it too. I will even, I'll, I have a big bucket I'll drop on top of mine. Because last year was a little rough on it, and I'm glad to say that it did grow back a bit. That's what we talk about around here. This is the Garden Mama Show, where we have the chance to take your phone calls and uh, take your texts and see what's happening in your garden and my garden and Lance's garden and everybody else's garden that, that you know is listening. And particularly the people that aren't, we can talk about them. I always enjoy that, too. I am kind of I, – I, I'm, I'm very torn today. There's, I, I did not know about this, and I should have. Today is something called Kalenig. Now, if that sounds Welsh to you, it's because it is. And as somebody who is much Welsh in my ancestry, I am surprised I did not know this. It's the New Year, but it's it's Happy New Year. It basically is what it is. Kalenig is the first day, is what it means. But why would we be doing this today? It's not, you know, there's not any anybody else that does this. Well, it's because the rest of us are all on the Gregorian calendar, but one village in Wales still maintains the Julian calendar, and that puts New Year's this year today. How about that? I cannot pronounce much Welsh, so I can tell you that the name of the town is Quimguam, but it probably doesn't sound like that at all if you're actually Welsh. Um, I can say Cardiff, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm a, a little bit of a geography nut, and I don't have any idea where this is. Good morning. <laughs> what is she thinking about? Well, I just found that word and didn't know about it. Sheephead. I mean, that's See? about how it is in English. You hear like one you, word, and exactly. the rest of them, you're like, that's English? It, that's, it's Welsh is just take the one word you thought you understood out. Yeah, take yeah. take the vowels out. <laughs> <laughs> then then you've got Welsh. But it's beautiful when right, someone okay. who speaks it speaks it. Oh, it's, it's beautiful. It's lovely, but good grief, mm-hmm. I can't. Um, I, I love listening to the English. I, you get like one word, though, seriously, out of a sentence, and you're like, that's yeah, I understand that one. They've got a whole other English language. And the, like I said, the yes. Welsh, I can't. Uh, Welsh is very tough. Very difficult. Um, the, the number of accents in Great Britain is pretty crazy. But once you get to Wales, and I have to tell you, English is not the same English in the, that when you hear someone who is Scots and when you hear someone who is Irish, but at least they have vowels. <laughs> yes, and I'm Welsh. So y'all just talk. Go ahead and go ahead and yell at me, but it's the truth. Anyway, Allen's in Batesville today. What's the best fertilizer to use on a small backyard garden with tomatoes, squash, and cucumbers? Well, there are a couple of choices. In in my preference is always to build the soil first. And so if you have a good soil, that's two that's at least half the battle, maybe a little more. If you're going to 
begin a garden and you have never grown anything in the space, but it has grown, say, any sort of weeds or grasses, it has enough sunlight, you know, to grow those things, then you're going to have at least one year where the soil is going to do just fine and produce pretty much anything that you want if it is well-drained and if it is a good soil. So if you need to feed the soil, do it with organic matters, do it with compost, do it even with manures. That process creates a soil then that when you put in the vegetable plants, you won't have to use as much nitrogen because you're putting a bunch of that in the soil already, all right? So what we want to do, the, the thing that happens sometimes is people will build a beautiful soil with lots of organic matter, and then they'll go and get a tomato plant and put it in the ground and start feeding it with something like organic nitrogen or cottonseed meal or something in that order that is almost entirely nitrogen, and then they wonder why they get all leaves and no tomatoes. It's because you've overdosed it on the on the end without enough of the P and the K and the minors. So we build the soil primarily with organic matters so that it drains better and it has the opportunity to nourish all of the micro and macro life in there, which in turn feeds the roots of whatever you plant. Then when it comes to putting in fertilizer into the plant, if you're, for example, if you're putting in a container, or putting in a little tomato, something that's been grown in a container, I want that soil to have fertilizer about an inch and a half below the bottom of that root mass. So you dig a hole a little deeper than you would, and you get some kind of pelleted fertilizer. It could be something that is balanced. Um, there might be a, 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 an 8, 9, 10. There might be an 8, 10, 9, those kind of things. Lower nitrogen, higher phosphorus, and potassium. But make sure that it's a complete fertilizer and that it has all the minor elements. Then you put a, bit, a bit of that down in the hole, plant the plant with the soil, and so that when it grows through the soil, then you end up with getting it some fertilizer. The other choice is to plant and water in with fertilizer. You can certainly do that. But again, you're looking for something that has lower nitrogen, higher phosphorus, higher potassium, and all the minor elements. And that's why you buy something that's called a complete fertilizer. Okay? That's what I like. I like to put something below the start. And then at the same time, I like to have a product that I can either side dress along the edge of the plant or that I can water in with it to, for subsequent feedings down the way. I think that's about the, the main piece of it. Um, tomatoes, squash, and cucumbers all require a certain amount of nitrogen, but they're always going to do better if you have a balanced approach to the fertility for them so you get them a little bit of everything that they need. Okay? Okay. Yeah, vegetable protections, kind of exciting. I have uh, my, my, my herb garden in the containers are all underneath a thing. You know, they're, they're, they usually sit on the shelf, so now I take them down, put them under the shelf, cover the shelf. They'll be fine. Um, put a couple of things inside the back door, and that's really about all that is going to be required for that part. The hardest part at my house is turning the water off outside. <laughs> it's a mess. <laughs> so, turning off the outside water, though, solves a lot of other problems. So what are you what are you doing to fix everything up? Are you you're putting um I don't know boots on the puppies or have, I know that the cat slept up next to my head last night, which tells me she knows it's going to get cold. <laughs> yeah, mine have just been enjoying it. So up to this point, it hadn't been that cold 
And mm-hmm. so everybody's having a big time. They like the cooler, yeah, like but the not. cooler weather. Yeah. And uh, But as far as Hawk goes, he's kind of short-haired. And once those ears get cold, <laughs> buddy, he's looking to <laughs> snuggle up under, under the something. Cubs. Yeah, yeah. He get, I mean, he, he's been... He'll get under everything and rustle all the way down to the end of the bed and sleep for about an hour under everything and then you know start crawling out oh, that's when it gets really just cold. Just to emerge. So, yeah. <laughs> in, in the lab, it's just uh, natural for her. She doesn't care. It's uh, The colder, the better. But just putting the covers on pipes, uh, getting the the holes that have been dug in the yard, try to get them covered a little bit. So uh, don't so there's less with, ice yeah, slick. Be yeah, there's less ice yeah. slick. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's about it. And I put in some some plants for a, a house the other day uh, and uh, put out some fresh pine straw look great and just that time of year that that little bit of color when it's so kind of mm-hmm. brown and yellowy helps a lot yeah it does it makes it pop a little bit but you know just those types of things and still pulling down christmas lights and things of that nature oh my goodness well i'm happy to say that that there will be no problem pruning after this because everything that's going to turn brown will turn brown for example I have in, in the wintertime, you know, we in January we want to prune figs, we want to prune our apples, pears, those that set of fruits, and we also want to prune wisteria, muscadines, all those things that still had leaves on them. Well, they won't after this. And I will also be able to cut down the lantana, which I generally can't do until February because it doesn't die back until then. And I noticed this morning that Clara Curtis bums are going to be easily trimmed back because they are already halfway down. They don't usually do that either. So it's a, it's different this time. If you had to predict where you think this is going to end as far as the the winter do you think it's going to end up being colder as we keep going or do you think the cold is going to be something we get early and maybe it's a little warmer as we go into spring because sometimes at march you can get some really cold temps in there we're we're good instinct the el nino pattern is being sort of um strangely adapted this year all the way across the country but i do think that we're going to have a wetter february and march Mm -hmm. Could be colder too. I don't know. That I've been looking at just a few projections, and everybody seems to disagree at this point. You know, when you read the the weather service back walls and stuff, they don't have a. There's there's people that are sure of what they're predicting, but there's other people that are just as sure. Sounds like the stock market. I did that Maybe for sixteen so. years. <laughs> Great report will come out, and everything's going in this direction. And, and then the next not. guy, well, it's, you got to. Yeah, it's I really don't, not. It's I don't know really about not. that. I wouldn't put all of my eggs in that basket. So you, you always have that to deal with. And that's right. Experts. I think that I trust Garden Mama. That's my expert. Well, in the field. I, and I and I have always resisted that term because it's a generally one that you give yourself, and I don't give myself that kind of title. I I think I'm learning every day. I think perhaps the best thing about um, the advice that I provide is that it is rooted in reality, and if I don't know the answer, I will tell you that. And mm. those are the two things that I've tried to build my trade on. The, you know. Make it interesting, make it matter, and and don't be full of baloney. Yeah, that was a, <laughs> one of the first lessons I, I received in in the world of finance was you know if you don't know the answer to something, tell your client or tell your customer or tell whomever's asking. I don't know, but I'll get back yeah, to you with that I'll see answer. See if I can find out, or here's sure, who might, or here here's who know, might. Let's talk to exactly. Them. And I found that to be very helpful because it made you instead of uh, as you said come across as a know-it-all you also went out and learned and mm-hmm. that's so important in exactly. uh, gardening or building what we'll be doing next handyman work or finance or anything it's learning a lesson and carrying it forward 
do you have any great lessons that you've learned on the frigid temp side of things with the garden? Like, what is oh, a, yeah. what is a do not do? <laughs> oh well, there, there's there's one that that's that usually don't don't move everything inside your house if it's only going to be frozen for a day. Mm-hmm. People will go, go and then the, then at the end of it, of course. You think you don't like gardening, okay? Because <laughs> you had to go through all of this mess. So I say, it's like, oh my God, this do, was so much stuff. Do what you can, do with what you have, and basically be be as prepared as you possibly can be. The bigger thing I think is actually to check on people that don't have anybody to check on them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on a, I'm on a one woman campaign that nobody should be isolated. You right. Know? So if you know somebody that lives alone and you think they might not remember to drip their pipes, you know, my next door neighbor is going to get a call from me because he's by himself. <laughs> Hello, did you drip your pipes? You know, because we're going to have to in 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 my city. We're going to be that cold for thirty five, thirty six hours. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's going to be an interesting patch. What I have also seen is that you tend to think that it's okay when it's not. And the, the the good news about really cold weather is that if you have too many things in your freezer or your refrigerator, and you can put them outside if you have to. There, those are the there are good points about really cold weather that we don't think about here because we don't have that. But other places, you know, have, take advantage of the cold weather for a lot of things, especially things like trying to get plants to go dormant that don't ordinarily. I'm I'm happy to see it. I'm happy to see that change happening for mine. Um, let's see. We'll check in, Andrea. We'll we will see oh, if we I, can I, get I wanted, a hold of him. I wanted to mention to uh, Andrea also. Don't forget to put your picture in for the the uh, pup. Oh yes, here we the go. Lo- MS lottery. So that's you, right. That's you got right. till tomorrow, guys. So One of us is going to win, right? Somebody's <laughs> going to win. There's Somebody seven we winners know. too. So I Somebody think, so. we know. And yeah, Andrea has a beautiful pup. Beautiful, beautiful pup. Oh well, good morning. Trey's with us this morning. Andrea's with us. Alan, several other folks. Glad to see y'all. Thank they weren't you frozen much. up. Not yet. Not yet. We're. Uh, we're going to roll out with a little breezy tune because, yeah, it's getting a little bit breezy out there, y'all. Stick around. This is the Garden Mama Show. I got to leave moving out of here. I got to bring light, baby. I got to be moving out of here. I might go down to Georgia, I might say, Hello, I'm Colonel Randy Ginn, Director of the Mississippi Highway Patrol. In 2021, MHP investigated 1,480 crashes involving commercial motor vehicles on Mississippi roadways. Many of those crashes could have been avoided. The MHP Motor Carrier Safety Division is partnering with big rig truckers to conduct safety checks across our state through the Troopers and Truckers Safety Initiative. The Department of Public Safety and the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration are working together with one common goal, to keep our highways safe for everyone. Thank you and drive safe. Superior. It's more than a name. It's a promise that we make to our customers to provide you the highest quality U.S. farm-raised catfish at your favorite restaurant, your family reunion, or on your dinner table. Hey, this is Steve Azar, and I want to let you know that with Superior Catfish, you know the next bite is as good as the first, time after time. Made possible by your friends and neighbors here in Mississippi. Remember, there's catfish, then there is Superior Catfish. 
Looking for top-notch personal protection? The Smith & Wesson Equalizer is here to level the playing field. Easy to rack slide, easy to control ergonomic grip. It's designed for you. With a 10, 13, and 15 round magazine included, size up for better control or size down for easier concealment. Don't miss out on the opportunity to upgrade your safety. Visit your local dealer now. To learn more about the Equalizer, visit smith-wesson.com. Smith & Wesson, empowering Americans. All capacity sizes may not be available in your jurisdiction. Be sure to check your local laws and regulations. It's been said that time waits for no one, but that's not completely true. Hi, I'm Cameron Albright. Since 1920, our family has been privileged to serve as Mississippi's foremost diamond merchant. For decades, generations have trusted Albritons for engagement rings, anniversaries, and those special events in life. Time has certainly changed our world. Internet, smartphones, and social media have revolutionized how we research, communicate, and even shop. At Albritons, we've grown with you. At Albritons.com, you can search, shop, and find the latest in fine jewelry. But for those who prefer the personal experience, you can now shop the all-new Albritton's 4460 Old Canton Road in Northeast Jackson. With new displays and the latest designer jewelry, we're located across from our old home in Highland Village. Still the same Albritton service you'd expect, but now bigger and better. You've waited for us, now we're ready for you. Come see what's new. Albritton's 4460 Old Canton Road in Jackson. At Albritton's, Albritton's Jewelers. ESISupply.net. It's not if you're going to have a spill at your business or workplace, it's when. ESISupply.net. Exorbent pads by the bundle or roll. ESISupply.net. Socknet boom products, oil gator, oil dry spill kits, and much more. ESISupply.net. Take it from Scary Gary. If it can spill, it's gonna. ESI Supply, 601-933-4910. That's 601-933-4910 or online at ESISupply.net. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick, GMC, or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. Retired or retiring soon? How much money do you need to live comfortably? Retirement Planners of America is here for you. Would you like to have financial peace of mind? Here's how. Step one, find out the amount of money you'll need to retire. Step two, have a plan to get there. Step three, make sure that plan can take advantage of market gains but protect you from market losses. Discover how to do all three with a free consultation at 800-508-6108. That's 800-508-6108. All investments involve risk, including losses. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Come and listen in to the radio station where the mighty hosts of heaven sing. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Your radio on. If you want to hear the songs of Zion coming from the land of endless spring, get in touch with God. Get in touch with God. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. And listen to the music in the air. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Heaven's glory share. glory share. It's hard to get rid of this one. <laughs> it's hard to start talking John Hartford is singing. I really like that tune. Like that whole piece. He does it. The whole album of that is really old and really fun. So I hope you like it. Hey, now, I've got some news for you that is not really good news, but we are all thinking cold. So let's think hot for a moment. How about that? 
there are some stories out there about what the mosquitoes are like and which insects are going to be affected and the decline of species and the exaggerated amounts of other... Uh, here's the latest, and it's not great for us. What's been studied most recently, Washington University in St. Louis, because they are as interested as we are in the populations of mosquitoes and what's happening to them, there's a factor in here that we have to understand. It is called the CT-MAX. It is the critical thermal maximum the organism the in this case mosquitoes but every organism has one it is their the uh, the highest level that they can tolerate in terms of heat and in terms of the eight populations of mosquitoes guess who does the best sadly the tiger yep the tiger mosquito the uh, the one that brings us the west nile oftentimes not always there's other ones that do all this but the notion is they studied the mosquito populations, New Orleans, Huntsville, Alabama, St. Louis, Urbana, Illinois, in other words, up and down and across and back and forth. And what we have looked at um, have, have had so much, frankly, interest in how this is going to do that they conducted a very elaborate experiment. They went out and collected the populations in the wild, then they raised them in the lab, and then they t- treated them to conditions where the temperature increased just a little bit, you know, just that 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 one centimeter, I mean, one degree Celsius, for example, over the period of their lifetime and the three lifetimes, and it it ultimately ends up that we now have there are differences in the populations against the adults and larvae more pronounced in the adult mosquitoes, but overall, the maximum seasonal temperatures and the average, the mean seasonal temperatures, as well as the relative humidity and the annual precipitation look like they're the factors that determine this critical thermal max. So in other words, as humidity increases and as heat humi- increases, the mosquitoes that we don't like do better. I don't know how to tell you about it, but it just tells me that uh, when you see insect repellent on clearance because it's the winter, might want to pick some up for next spring. Might want to think about that. Let's talk to Cooper. How about that? What's going on in Starkville today? Hey, Garden Mama. I have a question about a golden dewdrop okay. plant I have. I got it a couple of years ago on accident, and it was in the pot, and we noticed that we had bees visiting the purple flowers every mm-hmm, day, mm-hmm. Um, butterflies and stuff, so I decided to put it in um in my flower bed and it grew super well and then last winter as soon as it got cold all all of the above ground growth it just died the bark fell off and i i cut it back at the at the ground assuming it was you know gone forever and then it re-sprouted and grew up to be about i don't know five feet tall um and now it appears to be dying again uh this year is that is that normal for a golden dewdrop? Well, here's the thing. Golden dewdrop probably, in the, the theory of all plants, probably shouldn't have made it back the first time. <laughs> it's, go, okay. it, it, it's, it's Duranta erecta. We grow it as an annual, generally speaking, in places like Starkville. But because we – have you ever grown Mexican heather? I have not. Okay, it's another plant that you buy as an annual, and then you look out and you go, hmm, look at that. It's still blooming, you know, and the bees like it, and you, and it goes away and comes back and goes away and comes back. I'm thinking that because 
we've got just enough heat behind us and your exposure is just good enough for that plant that there's every chance in the world it's going to have become perennial. And, and of course, what that means is that it will die down in the winter and come back up in the spring and, and, and go all the way through the fall, but then it has to die down because it's winter. So I say congratulations, propagate it, because we all want some of that one. <laughs> that was, okay. that was yeah, hardier was than the it. others. <laughs> I was shocked at how how long the purple flowers were around. We have, you know, like a resident bee living on it every day. I love it. That's so purple. That's just perfect. That's what they need. And that's one of the plants. We are seeing plants do differently. It's not that the plants are changing, but things around them are. So I would say... If, if it's my house, I would probably cover that thing up and keep it covered up for the next few days. <laughs> not because it's not going to die down. It will die down, but just so that you can be sure the roots are not damaged. Awesome. Thanks for the info. Sure. Thanks for calling about it. Great plant. Duranta erecta, in case y'all are looking for it. Okay. All right. What's up with Miss Anna today? Hey, Anna, what's up in Oxford today? Well, you were talking about uh, accents in England. Yes. Or dialects, I guess we should say. They are. Well, my father was a Geordie. My father was a Geordie. Oh, yeah. Cool oh, you do know that one. Of course. Okay. Of course. Yes. My, you, my you realize I, I, listen, I listen to, to UK radio. <laughs> I, oh. I listen to a lot of UK radio. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. All, all, my, father's, all my father's brothers moved down here. Um, and, uh, well, to Oxford, England. And, uh, and it was interesting because some of them lost the accent and, well, not very much, but my father's was quite pronounced. Um, because he, he and, didn't, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and then, of course, they were young men and they all joined the army and they were all over the, the world. So, mm-hmm. That changes um, a I lot. I guess they would have, yeah, yeah. And, and the other thing is, um, this cold, uh, which I guess is unusual because I know Mississippians don't like being cold. Um, mm. The uh, plants from last year, I was waiting for them to uh, work work back again <laughs> to being alive. And now, of course, uh, all of those, oh, I guess, um, azaleas which had little leaves on them were coming back and the camellias were coming back. Um, is this going to be the death now? Oh, I don't think so. I think if we get this and if we get another, here's the here's what really happens. I think if it gets cold and stays relatively chilly through the next say six weeks till spring, then that's one thing. But if it gets cold now and then if it goes into the 70s in the beginning of February and then freezes for two weeks, we're going to lose some plants. It, it because the shock yeah, is like, too great, you know. Yeah. But I don't like I don't year. think we're yeah. necessary. I don't think this is going to fool most of them. I think most things are going to be okay. It's I mean if they're protected. To the appropriate level. Well, it's hard to protect these sticks yes. with little tiny leaves on them. <laughs> yes, it is. It it's, is. And they have gotten used to everything really, going down the way, and they're mulched, and they've been cared yeah. for, so they're going to be okay. Now, we'll say, anybody, pretty, anybody out there who's got camellias in bloom, pick them and start floating them and take them to your friends because oh, oh, no, <laughs> they're going to get browned they're, up. They're not that a, <laughs> They're not that advanced. I mean, mm-hmm, we've got these mm-hmm. thick sticks with little tiny leaves coming upon them, but that, that's about it. But it's, um, I, I just gave up last year. I, I said, I'm waiting for the next spring, okay? And, of course, we got the drought. I understand. And now we've got the cold. And <laughs> I'm thinking, uh, maybe we should just dig up everything and start again. 
Well, one, of the, wait. one of the things break. that we often have to consider is that as they talk about the mean, you know, and our, our mean temperatures and our mean conditions are changing. So we have to look at that every couple of years and figure out what's likely to make it. But we have to be ready for the surprises because there's plenty of them. And and I think oh, yes. I think the plants are the, I think the plants are tougher than I think you know <laughs> than, uh, than we when then we give them credit for sometimes. Thank you, ma'am. Well, I hope so. Good to hear Thank from you, you today. Take care now. Stay warm, for goodness sakes. But this is really good. Andrew wants some bird tips, and we we'll, we will try and, and rouse uh, the the bird man Ken Hackman see what he's got for us. But I can tell you that. If you have been feeding, and if you have, this is the this is the point from what I understand, is that if you have been feeding, don't stop. And if you have the opportunity to add any kind of fat source, a, a suet block, or any of those sorts of things to your feeding situation, that's the thing to do. So that that's that's all that I know. But we'll see if we can get him to tell us some more. Hank wants to know if his mums are going to die back. Uh, they're tall mums and. He's in Madison. They 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 recently turned fully brown and they're dead looking. Bob, should I cut them down? Yeah, you can cut down the brown part. Absolutely. The chances are real good that if it's a, if it's Clara Curtis, if it was a pink flower, then it bloomed in the fall. Then the chances are that it's going to come back better than ever. Gangbusters. It's a tough perennial. But if it's some other mom, it just will depend on how well it can adapt. It, it, I can't say I can't answer that particular one. It's a good question, though. It's a very good question. Let's see. Oh, and Rhett. <laughs> Interesting, Rhett. Uh, Rhett wants to know if I'm planning to grow anything new this spring. I'm I'm going to grow. It's not exactly new, but I'm going to grow um, a different eggplant. I'm I'm very fond of green eggplant, and I will still grow that. But there is uh, Thanos is a purple eggplant that is supposed to make a bushy plant that then you can cut the cut them off when they're about five six inches long and and have smaller eggplants that are mature and that's what i'm hoping for my my biggest problem is that when i have something like a new orleans market eggplant the great big thing the the true aubergine which is you know it's a foot tall and <laughs> quite quite seedy it tends to be too bitter for my taste, and I, so then you have to salt it, and you have to do all these things to it, and I don't want to do that. The green eggplants tend to be more cookable, in my experience, without any of those hoops to jump through. So I'm hoping that this purple eggplant will be the same. We shall see. <laughs> we shall see. Oh, dear attack, can this be saved? Well, you know, um, I, I don't see why not, and I would suggest that if you have a consistent problem with deer eating plants that are young like this you may want to consider just not a whole fence around the yard necessarily but a ring of fencing around this particular plant that make would make it difficult for the deer you know the deer can jump over things that are less than six feet tall so you would want it to be close enough to the plant to make it a problem for them to eat it but not enough space between the plant and the fence for them to jump in so that's a it's a it's a balance, but yes, you can do that. And yes, there are repellent products that you have to put out, you know, pretty much all the time, because if it rains, they're they're inactivated. In this particular case, I would certainly do a little pruning, not right this minute, but I would do it like n- next month, before the new growth would be starting for the spring. Do that pruning, and all you have to do is shape it up. Uh, the deer are 
the deer are with us, and the deer are looking for something to eat, too. It is a beautiful landscape, though. Just lovely. Really sweet. Thank you for sending that picture. I appreciate it. You know, the uh, chicken whisperers have gotten my attention. I'm not a chicken whisperer. But it turns out that just like I know whether my cat is complaining because there's no food or alerting me to the fact that there's a cat at the back door that needs to get in the house because it's raining. That happened just recently. Um, it, or, or any of the other things, you know, wanting affection, uh, wanting me to go away and leave her alone. There's any number of noises that the cat makes. And you do get to where you understand that. I don't know that they're universal. But chickens, it turns out, we, we kind of we, we sort of need to know these things, and they're willing to tell us. Seventy percent of all the participants, the human participants in the study, could correctly tell if the chicken sounded excited or displeased. There's four basic kinds of chicken calls. It's not to say that your chicken doesn't have more, but there are four basic vocalizations that they have been measuring at University of Queensland. The food call. You, you can hear that one in your head if you've ever fed chickens. You hear that immediately. The other is the fast cluck. They're really up. They're really into it. They're coming after you. Come on. The others are not in the non-reward context, as they say. In other words, there's no food involved. That that is uh, the whine, or my particular favorite, the gackle. Now those are those are they don't necessarily just say that to humans though. They make those noises to each other. You you're kind of left to determine what you think they might be talking about. The vocalizations by different species, though, and the idea that these are uniformly accepted by the chickens and that we, at least 70% of us who are exposed to them, these are not chicken people that they expose them to, by the way. There's no animal husbandry you know, business in here. These are just people. They said, come here and come listen to this. Tell me what you think it says. And that's really kind of interesting to me that we've got enough I mean, we've always understood about sea creatures, dolphins, whatnot, making sounds that we understand and that we appreciate. But if we can allow for the development of these chicken noises, chicken sounds, chicken vocalizations, dare I say chicken speech, if we can say that that we know what these are, then the idea is that perhaps we can develop AI that would listen to them and be able to tell us if the chickens in a particular farm area were doing okay or if they weren't. That's it, exactly. Stick around. We'll be right back. the people mississippians we are the land growing food fiber and timber we are there when you need us from the roof over your head to the food on your table we are small town but big moments your next door neighbors we are the mississippi farm bureau federation 100 years and counting become a member today at msfb.org 
Do you ever feel like you're in the dark? Well, with a propane generator, you'll never be in the dark again, at least when the lights go out. Enjoy the comfort and safety of knowing you have a propane generator always ready when the electricity goes out. Propane generators are sure you'll always have power. Propane-fueled, clean cooking, hot water on demand, warm and consistent heat, and power when you need it most. Why would you choose anything else? Energy for everyone, propane. Visit MSPropane.com. That's MSPropane.com today. We've sent that Rip Van Winkle guy to the dentist. Hey, what? Hey, what? And what's worse than a trip to the dentist? Your wife's paint project that you've put off. Let Seabrook Paint in Jackson and Ridgeland find that Benjamin Moore paint and a contractor that will get you back doing the important things in life, like grilling and watching sports. Seabrook, Benjamin Moore paint, and a happy wife, happy life. Seabrook Paint in Jackson on Monument and in Ridgeland on West Jackson. First down. Texting privacy policy and terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, stop, stop. Go to windowappointmentnow.com for full offer details. Homeowners, it's a new year and time to replace your windows. Feeling too hot or cold? Time to replace. Fog between the glass? Time to replace. Spending too much on expensive energy that literally goes out the window? It's definitely time to replace. And right now, you can now get a free in-home window consultation and free price quote from Renewal by Anderson. With our New Year's sales event, you can save $375 off every window and $775 off every door when you buy four or more units. Just text HOT to 200 for your free consultation on top quality affordable windows or patio doors for $0 down, zero monthly payments, and zero interest for a year. That's right. You don't pay a dime for an entire year. Text HOT to 200 to save $375 off every window and $775 off every door when you buy four or more units. But hurry, this incredible New Year's offer won't last long. Text HOT to 200 Text the word HOT to 200 Text HOT to 200 do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Green Home AC Systems. <laughs> Are you feeling it? <sighs> The new degree of comfort. Yeah, yeah, we're replacing the carpets too, so don't worry about that. No fresh powder yet, but Dan's Ski Lodge has an avalanche of projects. Those four rooms are getting hot tubs. He needs a staff engineer to navigate a flurry of new requests. And all of those will be fully ADA accessible. Indeed can help him hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. You can schedule and conduct virtual interviews all from your employer dashboard. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Kelly Blue Book is the one-stop shop for pricing, fixing, selling, and instant cash offering. Instant cash offer is exactly what it sounds like. An official offer to buy or trade your car. Just enter your VIN or license plate. Answer a few questions about your car's history and what kind of condition it's in. In minutes, you'll receive an offer to sell or trade your car that you can be sure is fair. Then choose a dealer to purchase your car and schedule a time to meet. For all of the it's, kbb.com. to be under the sea in an octopus's garden in the shade he'd let us in knows where we've been in his octopus's garden 
in the shade. Thank you so much, Mr. Starr. We appreciate you. I have something to suggest, Lance, that uh, I don't know if you're going to like it. But I like it. Bring so it I'm going to talk about it. <laughs> Guess what? Protein. We were, in search, we were in search of protein yesterday, and we didn't manage to find any. Oh, no, it was so depressing, wasn't it? <laughs> we'll, our, we'll the do nor- that fr- Yeah, we've missed a couple Fridays. And or, we have. And we'll catch up. We, you know, the whole water thing, and that's not just J-Town. It's out in the no, Flowood. Flow yeah, and, every, the, J-Town has kind of undone it. Man, I but. drank a whole pot of coffee before I got notified. Like, well, and if he, I go crazy. And everything turned out okay. Yeah, if, if I went crazy <laughs> on air, it wasn't my fault. But we have we have many choices. Um, I'm, I'm happy to say that sitting in the refrigerator at my house right now, there's an absolutely delicious Tom Kha soup that was made in-house, and it is full of the, the tofu that I love so very, very much. The University of Exeter, though, is saying, wait a minute, you need to rethink that. Turns out that algae is the best thing going as a meat alternative which is doesn't mean it's supposed to be meat. Doesn't mean we're not eating meat. It just means it's another form of protein that we can use that could turn out to be really better to produce in large quantities and might even have some health benefits. We shall see. Impossible burger. Well, that the algae the algae thing itself is its own wonder, and I'm not going to turn down an impossible burger either. No, I like them. There's a certain way you got to cook them. I, mean, I worked yes. in the kitchen briefly. You absolutely do. And, uh, man, I tell you, if you can get them right, they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're delicious. delicious. And people that don't, that's the thing about people that try something new and it's not properly done. They they think they don't like vegetarian food or they don't they don't like plant based things. But the good news is, the more alternatives that there are, the more likely you are to run into one that you actually like. And again, it's not about not eating. For me, it's not about not eating meat. It's about balancing my, my protein intakes and also yours, if I possibly can. University of Exeter is publishing in the, Univ- the Journal of Nutrition. This is the first of its kind to demonstrate. Now, here's the thing we have to talk about. When people want to figure out how they're going to get the proteins that they need, there are two of the most commercially available there's boatloads of algae types but the two that are most com- two of the ones that are most commercially available are rich enough in protein to support what what is known as some one of the things we measure in these contexts is muscle remodeling in young adults in other words you don't want somebody to be eating a protein source that does not feed what it needs to feed in the human and in this case these two kinds of algae are doing a really good job for it Foods, of course, that have protein and amino acids have the capacity to stimulate muscle protein. Doesn't always happen that way. I'm sorry. I'm laughing. Trey, you are, you, this is hilarious. Trey has just sent us the snowpocalypse. <laughs> and I'm going to just crack up for it. You need to get to supertalk.tv and enjoy it. I'm not going to read it to you. Somebody will think I'm serious. But it yeah, is, it is kind of how Orson Welles, our, our exactly. version. Exactly. We don't want to do that. We're, we're not We're not doing that today. But, that, but that whole, the whole business of what are they saying and what's going to happen and will it happen at all and all of these other bits and pieces. I do know that um, the notion of wrapping the white bread around the pipes is not a good one. White bread? <laughs> I've, I've heard that somebody, somebody, some comics question was, why does everybody in the South buy white bread when it's going to freeze? Oh, my and, Lord. And, and Come answer, on. <laughs> <laughs> see? And I just have to say that that's not really true. That's not a good that's idea. That's funny, yeah. But it's a funny notion. What do make we them do bread sandwiches. What do we do with mm-hmm. all that white bread? I don't know. People buy milk and then they don't buy cereal. I don't understand what that 
that's all about either. But they, they have anyway. goats. <laughs> they have goats. No, they don't have any goats. <laughs> My neighbors don't have goats, but they all have milk. Any rate, when we're talking about the, the world of algae, the study, this particular one is the first of its kind to demonstrate that ingesting spirulina or corellia, Colorella, I'm sorry, I mispronounced that one, does in fact stimulate the kind of muscle building that we're wanting. And in, if we can do that, let's face it, there's a lot of places where a, a better population approach to protein would make a big difference in the way people are able to experience life and, and keep their health. So it's not a bad idea, one that I'm particularly fond of watching. <laughs> Zero snow, anyway. I love that. Yeah, zero to 85 see, inches. See, don't be Orson Welles now. No. Don't do not do that. Somebody's going to go, could be a what beautiful, did they say? What did they say? It could be the apocalypse or it could be a beautiful day. <laughs> it could be a lovely day. We don't know yet. <laughs> There's no way As to much tell. weather as I did yesterday, I feel very good about my ability to deliver the weather. However, being able to predict it. To portray yeah. a meteorologist yeah, on the radio. I played a great yeah. meteorologist yeah. yesterday. Yeah, I understand. Well, and that's the thing. I wasn't holding on to a stop sign and going, oh, we're about to blow away. I'm, 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 <laughs> I have to say, I have a friend who retired after a hurricane in which he was indeed lashed to a pole on the Gulf Coast. <laughs> and he said he didn't know if he was crazier or if it was the producer. So we always have to question those things. But he retired from the, the front line news business mm-hmm. as a result of that. I would have loved to have seen like a Walter Anderson as a meteorologist. <laughs> because, you know, he would no. row out in the middle he of the storm. He would go out in the middle of all strap himself to a tree. He, that's where it all came sleep from. Sleep on the ground, let the ants yeah. crawl all over. Like, yeah. Let's, I want this guy. I want to see what happens. Somebody tell me. The well, <laughs> and and I'm, I don't know if I want to be where he is either. So good, better someone else is there than me. See, that's my thing about Machu Picchu. Somebody else uh, didn't attack me, but they approached me about that this week. How come you said you don't want to go to Machu Picchu? What if you got a trip and it was paid for? I said, well, actually, I'd rather see the drone because I don't have the legs to walk up Machu Picchu in the first place. But there's more that I want to see than I would ever be able to walk to and look at. And I don't. You want the virtual reality version. Yeah, I don't think that I'm a wimp. I think I just know my skills, and I also am really happy for the technology that lets me look in at things that I couldn't see before. That's delightful, you know. Anyway, speaking of looking at things that you didn't realize, there are – I have a new spirit animal, and I don't know if I'm supposed to do a spirit animal that is not mammal, but my new spirit animal is a hummingbird. Here's why. First of all, I don't buy anything for myself that I don't actually need lately. That's kind of the way my life goes, and I'm happy about it. I don't. I have too much extra stuff already from the accumulation of years, so I try really hard just to get what needs to be added into the, the household. Well, I had a really useless hummingbird feeder, and it was the last of three. The others had broken and, and finally got torn up, and I had to get a new hummingbird feeder. I ran into one yesterday. On sale because, you know, like so many things, it's the off season and no one's buying hummingbird feeders. So I bought the hummingbird feeder. And when I came home, I thought, you know, I wonder why I want to do this. Why why is it so important to me to make sure that I keep that hummingbird feeder out there? They're probably going to come to the plants. They do anyway. But anyway, I decided it's because of this, but I didn't know it at the time. Hummingbirds are able, and now we can document it, the way that they switch mental gears in flight. 
This is why I believe that the hummingbird is indeed my spirit animal, perhaps that of everyone in radio. If you do anything in radio that, and, and you're the least bit good at it, you have to be able to switch gears mentally in flight every time you every time the microphone comes on. And it's also one of those pieces for hummingbirds because they don't know what's going to happen next. They got to switch quickly too. They use two distinct strategies to sense what to do next. I can't define what I use to do that, but I'm working on it. When in forward flight, the hummingbirds go into the internal forward mode. That's what they're doing, okay? But the autopilot is accompanied by the when the, when the hovering is going on, the, idea, the ability to unprocess that information so they don't keep going forward. They can switch and go the other way. I love that. i got to practice. I'm a hummingbird in mid-flight right now. And this is Pete Townsend here on the Garden Mama Show. Sooner or later, your legs keep weighing the ground. Save it for later, don't run away and let me down. Sooner or later, you hit the deck, you get found out. Save it for later, don't run away and let me down If you are building a new home or remodeling an older home, Amazing Propane is for you. A propane tankless water heater, a propane generator, a propane gas grill and oven, propane fireplaces, and even lighting. Propane, such a versatile, clean, cost-effective source of energy for any home. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. That's MSPropane.com to learn more. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. My dad has a cold, but also has high blood pressure. That's why I got him Vicks NyQuil High Blood Pressure for fast, powerful nighttime relief. Unlike some ordinary cold medicines, it's specially formulated for people like my dad. NyQuil High Blood Pressure is sugar-free, alcohol-free, and decongestant-free. Vicks NyQuil High Blood Pressure. The nighttime sniffling, sneezing, coughing, aching, fever, sore throat, cold and flu for people with high blood pressure. Like my dad. Medicine. Use it directed. Hey, I'm here with Alex Murray of Auto Innovation. At Auto Innovation, we want to change your car buying experience. When you're in the market for a quality pre-owned vehicle, please come see us. We want to make friends, not just customers. All eligible vehicles are inspected by a Master Tech mechanic and come with a limited powertrain warranty on us. We are located on Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Come by and see us or check out our inventory online at autoinnovation.net. Let us change your car buying experience. Auto Innovation, Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Your home for Ole Miss sports. WFMN Flora Jackson. Super Talk Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. 601-345-8090. It's Alyssa Arbuckle and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. 
The city of Jackson is set to receive $10.3 million within the next 30 days following a settlement with Zurich American Insurance. Mayor Shokwans Arlamumba released that the funding was related to damages received during a 2013 hailstorm in which Jackson officials requested around $11 million. Instead, the insurance company offered $2 million in total. And several city facilities were damaged, which led to challenges with our roofs roofs, and, and ultimately challenges with the ventilation of, of some facilities uh, and damage to, to many of our city structures. Lamumba added that the settlement comes under the leadership of city attorney Katoria Martin, who recently announced her resignation. She's leaving because we've known for some time that she's been in consideration or she was in consideration for a federal job uh, as the federal bankruptcy trustee. Hey, are you planning to get an updated COVID-19 vaccine? Yep. I don't want to get seriously sick and miss out on spending time with friends and family. Does it cost a lot? I don't have insurance. If you don't have health insurance or if your insurance doesn't cover an updated COVID-19 vaccine, you can get one for free with the Bridge Access program. Just look for places that participate in Bridge Access on vaccines.gov. Sounds good. Bridge Access on vaccines.gov. A message from CDC. Hi, this is Fred Johnson, president of Mississippi 811. I'm proud to announce that Bob and Jenny have finally moved into their new house after living in a doghouse for a couple of years. As you may know, that was because Bob decided to pound a sign in their front yard without contacting 811 and hit a gas line. Bob has finally learned his lesson, but if he forgets, I'm sure that Jenny will remind him. Remember, safety is in your hands every dig, every time. Be sure to contact Mississippi 811 at least three working days before you dig. Almost two-thirds of Americans support school choice, according to a recent survey from the American Federation for Children. Forrest Thigpen with Empower Mississippi says supporting school choice is not an anti-public school stance. Not only do the children who go to another option than their assigned public school do better in school, but actually the kids that are, quote, left behind in the regular schools, they do better. Mm-hmm. Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hoseman shared his thoughts. We have vouchers, actually, for uh, disabled, uh, autistic, or dyslexic kids. All of those have those. And then we do have already school choice that says that uh, if you, if your uh, district allows you and a district will accept you, you can go anywhere in Mississippi. Uh, uh, so those choices are out there. Hoseman says when it comes to education, lawmakers will continue to support what's best for the child. From Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. Southeastern Conference basketball action finds Vanderbilt at Ole Miss. 12 noon is the tip-off in the pavilion. 11.30 is their time on the Ole Miss Basketball Network. The Rebels are 14-1, 1-1 in the conference. Vanderbilt is 0-2 in the SEC, 5-10 overall. The Rebels are 10-0 at home so far this year. Tonight, the Alabama Crimson Tide is at Mississippi State. 7.30 is the tip-off in the Humphrey Coliseum. 7 o'clock is their time on the MSU Basketball Network. The Bulldogs are 12-3, and 1-1 one and one in the conference, while Alabama comes at 2-0 and oh in the SEC and 10-5 and overall. Thursday night, the Southern Miss Golden Eagles picked up their third straight Sun Belt win. 71 to 58 or ULM. The Golden Eagles are 9 and 7, 3 and 1 in the Sun Belt, and they'll continue their road trip when they travel to Troy this afternoon with a 4 o'clock tip off there. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports, Mississippi. We are advocacy. 
a century of wins. Protecting private property rights, advancing technology, sustaining our land, conserving our natural resources, all to pass on to the next generation. We are the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation. 100 years and counting. Become a member today at msfb.org. Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money. But they may do shoddy work. Or in some cases, no work at all. Costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go licensed. For more information, contact the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.us. It's wild card weekend as the NFL playoffs get underway. Today will be the Cleveland Browns at Houston to play the Texans, so 3.30 kickoff there. Then the Miami Dolphins in Kansas City to play the Chiefs with a 7 o'clock kickoff tonight. Temperatures in Kansas City is expected to be below 12 degrees. And then on Sunday, the Steelers will be at Buffalo to play the Bills. That's a noon kickoff there. And the Sunday forecast in Buffalo is calling for sub-freezing temperatures with possible snow. And then it's the Packers at Dallas to play the Cowboys. Boys, the 3.30 kickoff there won't be near as much fun to watch that game in Dallas as it would be in Green Bay. And then the Rams will be in Detroit to play the Lions with a 7 o'clock kickoff on that one. And then on Monday night, it's the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a 7.15 kickoff there. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports, Mississippi. trees over your head to the lawn you hate to mow and everything green in between garden mama's here to help you keep on growing still the empress of everything green here's your horticulture maven garden mama nelly neal on super talk mississippi Thank you, David, for that kind introduction. Appreciate that very, very much. We're having a classical gas of a morning. I hope you can join us for it. Thank you so much. Texts, phone calls, all of that entirely drives this program, and I just sit here in between <laughs> and bring you stuff that you're probably not going to hear anyplace else because, frankly, I don't know. You're interested in it. I'm interested in it. It's gardening. We talk about it, and that is the best part. You probably have seen, as I did, I can't remember where I was, but I took the picture. You probably have seen cases where there are trees that are brown, and you're looking at them, and you're going, hmm, well, it's winter. I guess it's just all brown. Some cases that's true. Some cases, though, our evergreens are brown because they are resulting, the resulting damage from the drought, from the over 100 degree temperatures the months before that, and even in some cases the level of irrigation that they received from the skies last spring really has made a difference in the way that these trees can react. Some are reacting well. This week's newsletter, All Things Garden Mama Weekly, I put in a picture of two such plants growing right next to each other that I saw, and I took their photo because I was 
I, I was struck by the fact that you could drive by that and not even notice that something was wrong. It just looks like one of them's winter and one of them's not. Well, they're not. In this case, they're Leland cypresses. Leland cypress, we have probably over the last maybe 10 years, I, I can't think of two months that, I mean, it's all the time. My Leland cypress is brown. What can I do? Well, we test for spider mites and we do this and we do that and there's not a problem. It's been too wet. But guess what? The Leland cypress suffers just as much when it's 100 degrees plus for days on end and when there's an extreme drought, particularly following the other condition. So this this whole thing of feast and famine for water is giving us a, a big show. I don't want you to go cut them all down. I recognize that if you have pine trees, if you have other trees that are being invaded by insects already, because some of them are, you can see the damage. The, the whole top of the pine tree will be browned out. That's that's an insect issue, and that's something that has to be dealt with differently. But if you've just got a couple of trees in the yard, one of them's brown, one of them's not, and they look just alike otherwise, go out there and do a little bark scraping. Take a look. See whether or not you've got life underneath there. And if you do, leave it alone. On the other hand, if one of them, like in this particular photograph, has yellow edges on maybe a fifth or a sixth of the leaves on the tree, I'm going to clip those off if I can reach them. So then when new damage appears, I'll recognize it. So two different approaches. If the tree is green and looks like it's got some burn damage, a little bit, you know, too much drought, you can do some trimming. Otherwise, leave it be until at least after all of this. Then take a look at the other one, see whether or not it's still alive. And if it's not, consider replacing it. Preferably not with another Leland cypress. No offense, I do love the trees, but they have a tougher time than, say, a native cedar or some of the other plants that that would be a better choice, I think. I have to tell you that Marshall's Marshall's babies are adorable. (laughs) We're chicken in here today. (laughs) My goodness. And he likes the fertilizer, too. So needless to say, that's that's a big deal. Nice little video. I was thinking about the the, the deer attack uh, conversation that we just had. We're, we're showing you that tree also at, at supertalk.tv. You know, the deer are more selective than we think when times are tough, when they're thirsty, when they're hungry, all that stuff. When they're on the browse, there's a different set of activity than there is just on a day-to-day basis. But for folks who feed, do who do deer plots and whatnot, this point in the year is extremely important for them. If they can get to somewhere and they can get to something that they can eat that you've prepared for them, it's a much better option than them having to go through the neighborhood looking around to see whether or not there's anybody living in your house, you know, get into your freezer and that sort of stuff. They're not as not as um, intrusive in that way as the bears, but they can actually do as much damage when once they get in. This whole business of how cold is it and how dry is it and how this and how that led me to some curiosity about bigger pieces of our geography. And in fact, this week, there's a study about the Scandinavian, northern European, North Sea kind of world, the peat moss, or well, not moss, but the peat bogs, peat vault there, um, has a, a problem. And I'm sure that I, I read about this from Canada. It was not as in detail as this, but I'm sure that none of us think about the health of the peat bogs as much as we might need to, whether you use peat in your garden preparations or not, 
they are a tremendous resource for the the planet both in terms of that organic matter that they have produced and and secured but also the amount of carbon that they create that that they absorb into their sink so trying to figure out what the peatlands are able to do and and how they are thriving or not is a big big deal it's concerning especially now because they are being ravaged by drought and in fact long periods of drought means that the the peat cannot absorb nearly as much co2 as it did and in fact if the peat area has been changed up and is not just a big peatland it's you know got other stuff growing in it it makes it even more difficult because then those plants take whatever water is available from the peat so considering all of that the biological environmental sciences radbud institute has concluded that in their lab they measured large blocks of peat first and then they went out into the wild to confirm it it turned out it was a process that took longer than we had realized to both to dry it out completely but also to re-wet it and that's one of the things that I talk to you about when you get for example when you buy a, a plant in the springtime that's in a two or three inch pot and you intend to grow it in there but you look at it and you think well I don't know this is kind of light it feels really light you need to remember that that has peat in it and it's probably peat and perlite primarily those are two really terrific things for growing plants in, especially in a greenhouse setting or a greenhouse setting where you're trying to grow things rapidly so they can be sent to market. You also want to be able to water them and fertilize them almost cons- almost constantly, but certainly consistently when they're in order to get them prepared so that that square foot on your bench doesn't cost too much and end up costing you know a four inch plant you don't want to pay ten dollars for that so we have to get all all that economy has to work in how you plant the plant and how you start it and how you take care of it that begins with the soil the result of that is that oftentimes by the time you get that three or four inch container from the rack at the garden center and take it home the next day you realize the soil's really dry there, that's not a problem. You certainly do want to water it, and if you're going to keep it in that container, you may find you have to water it a lot. But if you water it, then you can easily move it into a soil that's not quite so light and therefore would cost more if you had to ship it somewhere, but also has a little bit more resilience than the lighter weight mixes do. But if you let that thing get completely dried out, of course, then you find out that the peat dried completely and you can't get it to re-wet, you will you'll drive yourself crazy trying to get that container to be at just moist because water will sit on it and it will fall into the soil, but you won't realize that you've actually got more watering to do. The carbon vault that they're talking about here, of course, is much larger than any of our little individual pots. But the dry summers have also had an effect on other ecosystems. In the case of grasslands, it's different. The grasslands, in some cases, the the biodiversity is less because the grasses have dominated so much more than the other species that are in there. We also are seeing some of the similar effects to the reduction of insect species. All of that, in turn, gives those areas less biodiversity, and that's something we need to worry about. So in our own gardens, we need to be understanding that if we can avoid buying peat ourselves, we're probably doing a favor to the peatlands at this point while they're getting rehydrated. And, of course, in the end, 
we have more and more more and more options for growing plants. And so if you are a consistent peat moss user, just think about it. See if you can't find another. And if you would like to go to a different sort of management of your soil, I'm happy to help you with that. And I'm happy to tell you that here in the state of Mississippi, we have plenty of forest products that do a great job building your soil that are not peat moss. So that's just a little advertisement for our own world here that nobody asked me to do. Oh, my goodness. Trey, this is really fun. (laughs) Hydration levels are either I'm not thirsty or I am completely overwatered. That's so true. That is so true. Corinne is in Jackson. She says when the temperatures get up uh, into the 50s today, I was finally going to get around to planting some tete daffodils, some allium and other flower bulbs in the containers and in the ground today. Is that a bad idea with the Arctic blast arriving? I don't think so. I, I might plant the ones in the ground, mulch over the top of them. I might not plant the containers if they're going to be outside. The issue for a container plant is always whether or not the container is big enough and the soil amount is is dense enough and I mean, that there's enough of it volume-wise to keep the plant's roots from freezing. And if if that's the case, if this is a great big pot and you're going to stick a couple of bulbs in it because you've already got plants in it, that's one thing. But if you're doing like four-inch pots that you're hoping to have ready for the end of February to give to somebody or to use for an occasion, I might wait another few days to plant those. I don't have any problem with either one, though. If you have the if you if you have the time today, sometimes that's the reason we do stuff. Plant those bulbs. We could good grief. We have literally they're already they're extending up their little noses and i'm not worried about them because the daffodils will send up their little noses and it'll be freezing cold and they'll come on and do fine anyway but if you have just planted daffodils and if like me you have cornflowers in bloom and you have all of those things you may want to throw some mulch over the top of it you can do a little pine straw that's not going to hurt anything i don't i don't have a problem doing that i will say a good word on behalf of ornamental grasses they look beautiful. They're, they will very likely not be affected. You may find a few that the flowers finally get crisp, but it is time to prune them this month. So whether you're growing fountain grass or whether you're growing maiden grass or whether you've got, you know, pampas grass out by the entrance to your subdivision and somebody asked you to prune it, you may want to double think that. <laughs> that's a hard job. But you you do want to prune the other grasses, and that's not difficult. I'm not going to do that today. I'm going to pick that up after the freezes are done, just in case I get a little help. In other words, I'm trying to cut back on the, the amount of material that I produce for the compost, and if more of it is browned and crunchy, it'll be easier to cut off of the ornamental grass and get into the compost. But it's the, the ornamental grasses are going to be fine, so don't worry about them. I, I did not know. I haven't played badminton in so long. I'm, I'm so far behind that particular curve. But our friends at the American Institute of Physics want us to know that our friends, the shuttlecocks that are usually made traditionally from duck feathers, are made from nylon. If you've never seen a professional-level badminton tournament, you may not have ever seen the ones that use the duck feathers but the nylon shuttlecocks are the ones that we usually run into but they are made to be like feathers because that's where this particular sport got started it's they're more durable obviously than the feathers they are different though and studying the flight path of both of these kinds of projectiles that you know you're going to work with your with your your 
trying to get yourself into the badminton mode. You know, you, you have to practice with something. So what they did was to work on these and then put all, put all the info into the computers. They determined that the airflow equations really do tell you exactly what the shuttlecock's going to do. That and, and I love this. The reason I'm even telling you this is not because we're going to all play badminton, but because I just love the, the concept of the skirt deformation. I think that's brilliant. It's a perfect way to describe what happens when the wind hits the shuttlecock. The whole thing opens up some more. And if you've ever played, you know that that's part of the frustration. Somebody who can hit harder is not necessarily the one that's going to get it to go to the loft that it needs because you're trying to get the the air underneath it so that it can go away from the person you're trying to play with. Interestingly enough, though, the pressure on the skirt causes it to deform inwards, and indeed the, the deformation as this folds inward increases with the speed, which is why it becomes more like a projectile. I just think aerodynamics is so interesting, and this particular thing just fascinated me. It's like, what? How come we didn't know that? We would have messed with them a lot more. Take off every other one, put on a little extra, you know, do all that kind of stuff. Because, you know, you've got if you end up with badminton shuttlecocks, we we I've never played with one made out of duck feathers, but there were always pieces of the others that had broken off. We could have made some extra skirt if we didn't think about that. Hmm. All the things we don't think about. Well, here's one. I have uh, been saying for, I think, my whole life that if you garden, you'll be happier. If you garden, you'll be healthier. If you garden, you'll be frustrated, but you'll learn how to deal with it. If you garden, you'll learn a little bit about patience. If you do what the plants want, they'll grow and they won't talk back to you. They won't call you names. They won't yell at you. It's It's a powerful, powerful thing. But I never said if you grow plants, particularly vegetables, it'll change the way you eat. Now, the reason I say that is because I I eat what many of us eat what we grow or we eat what somebody else nearby as local as possible grows. Or, and yes, I'll confess, when I get to the grocery store and they're working the avocados and suddenly there's five avocados in a bag for a buck i'm so buying that i mean that's going to go home and turn into something really quickly but for the most part we're trying to get a little bit closer to home to the source for the food the journal of nutrition education and behavior has got the results of a 15-year partnership the studies began when these children were children children and now they are young adults this was The alumni participants are eating better. The participants in the school-based gardening, good morning, Nick, school-based gardening and food programs benefit from the lasting impact. They do eat better along the way, even if they don't continue to grow food or don't grow it themselves. Their awareness is better. Their smartness is better. And they have better taste. (laughs) I said that. They didn't. Because they know what tastes good. They know what they like. Appreciation for fresh food, the openness to trying new foods, and the confidence in making food decisions were the sustained benefits of 15 years ago starting kids in a garden in school. Do you need any more proof? Invite me to your PTA. I'll come and talk. Now, stick around because we've got more to do.
superior. It's more than a name. It's a promise that we make to our customers to provide you the highest quality U.S. farm-raised catfish at your favorite restaurant, your family reunion, or on your dinner table. Hey, this is Steve Azar, and I want to let you know that with Superior Catfish, you know the next bite is as good as the first, time after time. Made possible by your friends and neighbors here in Mississippi. Remember, there's catfish, then there is Superior Catfish. We are agriculture, the number one industry in Mississippi. We are 180,000 member families strong, a century of generations. We are grassroots Mississippi in all 82 counties. We are Unified, the largest general farm organization in Mississippi. We are the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, 100 years and counting. Become a member today at msfb.org. At Key Constructors, our mission is to build a legacy that will stand the test of time through hard work, dedication, and pursuing excellence. Key Constructors is a heavy civil construction company, a leader in the bridge construction world. Our goal is to provide a positive work environment for you to grow personally and in your career. We are proud of who we are and what we do, making it happen one bridge at a time. Come join our team of Black Label Bridge Builders. Check out Key Constructors on Facebook and other social media platforms and keyconstructors.com. Looking for top-notch personal protection? The Smith & Wesson Equalizer is here to level the playing field. Easy-to-rack slide, easy-to-control ergonomic grip. It's designed for you. With a 10, 13, and 15-round magazine included, size up for better control or size down for easier concealment. Don't miss out on the opportunity to upgrade your safety. Visit your local dealer now. To learn more about the Equalizer, visit smith-wesson.com. Smith & Wesson, empowering Americans. All capacity sizes may not be available in your jurisdiction. Be sure to check your local laws and regulations. The best made-to-order lunch is right around the corner at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe. Eat in or carry out, DoorDash or Grubhub. Call 769-208-8283. That's 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283. Texting privacy policy and terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. Go to windowappointmentnow.com for full offer details. Homeowners, it's a new year and time to replace your windows. Feeling too hot or cold? Time to replace. Fog between the glass? Time to replace. Spending too much on expensive energy that literally goes out the window, it's definitely time to replace. And right now, you can now get a free in-home window consultation and free price quote from Renewal by Anderson. With our New Year's sales event, you can save $375 off every window and $775 off every door when you buy four or more units. Just text HOT to 200 for your free consultation on top quality affordable windows or patio doors for $0 down, zero monthly payments, and zero interest for a year. That's right. You don't pay a dime for an entire year. Text HOT to 200-300 to save $375 off every window and $775 off every door when you buy four or more units. But hurry, this incredible New Year's offer won't last long. Text HOT to 200-300. Text the word HOT to 200-300. Text HOT to 200-300. Gallo here for Baroni's Tree Pros. My friends at Baroni's Tree Pros put customer satisfaction as the only way to leave a job. Nothing less than the best service you'll find in the industry on tree removal, tree pruning, stump grinding, debris cleanup. You got questions? Baroni's Tree Pros will give you a plan, time frame, and budget that's perfect for you. Free estimate at 601-345-8090. 601-345-8090. Or it's online at baroniestreepros.com. Your window tent headquarters at Auto Trim Designs on Highway 80 in Pearl is now also your best source for the lasting protection of Expel paint protection film. Your car is too precious to fail to protect it from bugs, rocks, and road debris. For more info, go to autotrimdesigns.com. 
think about when somebody uses a word you don't know do you wonder what the word is or do you think the person's trying to show off do you think that there's a better word they could have used and maybe they could have even i don't know put in another phrase that gave you the definition without you having to ask for it Mm -hmm. all of that's true there's a study out from mit i I think this interested me mainly because I don't consider them to be particularly verbal (laughs) engineers. No offense. Y'all are great engineers. I can't do what you can do. But sometimes the explanations are not what we would like. And indeed, what they have determined is that complex, unfamiliar sentences make your brain work harder. We don't want that. (laughs) Of course we do. Come on. That's why we're gardeners. We want to know why something works. We want to know why it didn't work. We want to know that classic forensic horticulture, you know. I do that all the time. I'm here to tell you that this is why that happened, and if you do it that way again, it's going to happen again. Maybe, because nothing is ever entirely predictable in the world of horticulture and gardening. The analysis, though, of these complex and unfamiliar sentences and the way they affected people that heard them was very interesting. Trying to figure out why... That they, they took it 11 different linguistic properties. They, they looked at the grammatic parts. They looked at the plausibility of the, the combinations of words, the emotional positivity or negativity of them, and how easily one can see the content of the sentence in your head when it's being read to you. Well, guess what? They found out some pretty interesting things. One of the things that they found out is that there are way more people trying to do this than we thought. There, we, we tend to have the thought that, well, if it just goes in and comes out the other end of your head, it's too complicated, we're not going to pay attention to it. More people actually work on understanding than we have been led to believe. When... When, when you just when, when you were taught journalism a hundred years ago, you were taught that that newspapers were written for a, a a literate fourth grader to be able to read. Sometimes I, I know that that's not always true now, but I also know that there are a lot of fourth graders that read at a much higher level than they did. So it may be that we're 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 changing our newspapers based on the way people have learned to read more, or. Because we are such a visual learning group now as human beings, perhaps that's the big change. So those unfamiliar sentences are like the picture that takes four or five looks to actually see. And if we think of it that way, then we can understand that the input has to be language-like enough to engage the whole business, engage your brain in, in trying to figure it out. Pretty interesting stuff. Um, the, the, the issue about your language processing regions, which are in the left hemisphere of your brain um, really did try to figure out how that works with the other parts. These are the folks that brain scan and one thing and another, which you would imagine they would do because it's MIT. But I'm pretty interested to find out that one of the language 
complexities that caused people the most um, consternation was literally down to the individual words. And if you knew the words, then the complexity of the sentence, the way it was put together, didn't necessarily fool you. But if the individual words were foreign, most of the test takers then had to go back and look at the structure of the sentence as well. Kind of interesting stuff. It kind of leads you to think about how do you talk to people? How do you explain things, whether it's at work or at home or in the garden? How do you tell somebody, for example, I want somebody, I want some help cleaning up in the back end of my property. That's pretty broad. If I just said that and turned a crew loose, it'd probably be naked ground and I wouldn't have been what I was looking for. We have to be a little bit more complex sometimes in order to get the point across. I think that is very, very important. I did not know. I, this is such a funny question, really. It It, it, it is um, Korean American Day. And my question to you is, what do you know about Korean Americans. I'm, I'm, I have spent very little time in in Koreatown, which is a, a, a part like you would have a Chinatown in San Francisco. They also have a Koreatown. I've spent some time there. I understand some of the food ways, and some of them I don't. But mostly, what I have learned about the Korean culture, and therefore the Korean American culture, has been from people who served in the military in Korea because they love it. <laughs> and they come back and tell wonderful stories and, and have great recipes and all sorts of things like that that are different from what we would have expected. So tell me how you experience things. You don't have to tell me today. That's a rhetorical question. But when we're talking about what we're going to grow in our gardens, part of that is what do we want to eat? And if we want to embrace other cultures, do a little bit of the uh, the different parts of the world, there's a lot of things we can grow that we have not necessarily understood before. I got a good question this week about lemongrass, for example. Do I cut it down in the same way that uh, that that we cut down the other ornamental grasses? Well, this person grows lemongrass in the ground because he lives on the coast. So, yes, you would treat it pretty much the same, but you'd make sure that you harvested real well and got some strong stems just in case you needed to stick those in some water and root them for next year because lemongrass is a tender grass compared to the others. In my part of the world, lemongrass grows in a big container. I will be harvesting a little bit of it, cutting it back a little bit, not entirely because it's pretty browned already, and then I'll just drape something over it to protect the roots. It's in a big pot with a lot of lot of insulation around it. It'll, it's a concrete pot. It'll be fine. If you, on the other hand, have a four-inch pot where you just rooted some lemongrass in it in, say, September, October, take it in the house. I'm, I'm putting some of my herbs, for example, underneath protection outside, and some of them I'm just going to shove in the back door. They'll be fine. And if the cats decide to eat them, They'll be surprised. So <laughs> that'll be a different thing altogether. I did plant lots of bulbs last year, not so many this year. And as I said a, a little bit ago, some of them have already popped up, and I expect more of them to do so going through this time. I'm not fertilizing those, however, until the an established bulb, you know, if you, if you just planted them in the fall or you're just planting them now, you're probably putting a little fertilizer down underneath the bulbs. That's fine. But the chances are good that they're going to be a little bit more vulnerable if you were to go out and fertilize the top growth now. 
not going to do that. I'm going to wait until it's two or three inches tall and then fertilize it, whatever point that is. Well, this is a good question, except there's not much of an answer to it. Um, We're in Western Mississippi, I believe, with this particular question. What can we do to protect elephant ears with the freeze coming? That would be not much. Um, they're going to die back. They're they're hardy. If, if they're if they're elephant ears and they're growing, it doesn't matter if they're alocasia, colocasia, or taro. All three of those plants are called elephant ears regularly. So it doesn't. But it doesn't matter which one you're growing. If they've been there and they've been hardy, that's fine. If they have just been planted last year. And you feel like they might be vulnerable because they're out in the wide open spaces someplace. They probably still have leaves on them that are halfway down. Go ahead and throw a blanket over the top of the whole business, you know, or, or a plastic sheeting. It'll be that'll be okay. But they're they're going to be all right. Established elephant ears are going to be all right. So that's I'm not I'm not too worried about them. I'm more worried about, for example, if you planted. Um, Ranunculus or some other little bitty bulb in, in October and it's already standing up with a, <clears throat> excuse me, standing up with a tall stem. You may find that that's going to not, not going to be able to make it, but there isn't much you can do to protect it. So give yourself the, the break and, and appreciate what you got, do what you can and really quite frankly worry as much about yourself as you do about the garden. Oh, this is an interesting question. In On the lemongrass, if I take a few pieces that are green and put them in water, will they grow roots? Sometimes they will. What I'm going to do, uh, the, the, I have the clump, and I'll be parting it and literally just cutting into it a little bit to take out a couple of pieces to make sure I have some that's in water. But, yes, oftentimes it will root just from a, a swath that you've taken out either from the container or Maybe if you've if you've had found some to purchase somewhere, it'll still have a little bit of the crown on the base of it. That's the same thing really that we're talking about when we talk about the garlic and the shallots and whether or not they have a bottom. If they don't have any bottom root basil, if the basil um, plate has been cut off, it's a different matter to try to propagate it than if it hasn't. Just a different thing. Sandra's sending beautiful, beautiful amaryllis this morning named Marquis. It's a solid white one. That's lovely. Just beautiful. I do love amaryllis, and I, I'm, I have to say I love the ones that are in bloom during December, but in January it's a special treat. That's really terrific. Thanks for showing that to me. Oh, good. This is great. See, the, and again, it's a case of an established planting. Mary says she has two stands of lemongrass in the front yard in Pearl. This is solidly zone 8, date 8, eight we're almost 8B, but we're at solid zone 8. And um, she, she's, they've been in there three years. They get covered with tree leaves and then trimmed back in the early spring. And that's, that's basically what I'm talking about. Mine's in a big container, but it's still going to get trimmed back at some point. Um, main, main thing about lemongrass is to enjoy it. Because we oftentimes see it, you'll, you'll go to somebody's garden and they've got this big, beautiful stand of it, and it's obvious that it's never been harvested. Please use it. It's delightful. It's a wonderful, 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 wonderful flavor to add to things. Um, and you can also, of course, add in um, a little bit of the, the whole notion that you've got ginger to start and you've got lemongrass. The next thing you know, you're well on your way to some to an even better opportunity to have something delicious to eat lemongrass is fun it's better if you grow it it really really is what do you suppose is the oddball paradigm (laughs) well 
the oddball paradigm is one of the things that I, I first ran into as a, a person sitting on, on committees with – I was doing horticulture therapy, but I was in, in the committee for people to determine the course of their care. And it it really was something that stuck out to me that I didn't know if I liked it very much, but it is really just a thing that indicates a, a, a difference from the norm or from the average, not norm. It's not There's no normal, but a difference from the average of, of participants. So I, I like that word. All righty. Can we talk to Foxworth, please? Hey, Ray, welcome in. What's going on? Good morning. I have a sawtooth oak that the limbs is hanging way down uh, next to the ground, and I need to know what's the best time to trim them back. All righty. How big around are they? Uh, they're real small. So okay. Maybe inch and a half diameter. Okay, super duper. I would do that next next week after this after the freezing freezing cold. You can prune trees like that in the winter time, and it is the best time to do it. The only caution I would give you is make sure it's a day that's pleasant for you to be out there because the, the the believe it or not those are actually the conditions that the tree responds to too. Don't use any pruning paint, and if you have to take off more than five or ten of them, do it in two passes. Okay. Do it in what now, ma'am? Two two different things. In other words, if you had a proliferation of of low hanging leaves, I mean low hanging branches, I wouldn't cut them all off the same day. I'd I'd wait a couple of weeks and cut the others off because you can do this any time during the winter. Okay. Okay. And no no need to put wax on it. In no, sir. Then. Absolutely not. Okay. Thank Thanks you very much. Lot. Good to hear from you. You know that we we have all been taught that. Uh, that is the, the thing to do, but that's not the thing to do. The, the research shows us for years and years now that if you seal up the end of a pruned piece, you are more likely to seal in problems than you are to keep them out. The, the, the ones that don't require any oxygen can get real, real busy when you seal up the end, and that can cause a much bigger problem than you might imagine. That's really interesting, isn't it? That's a, it's, a, it's one of those things that, that you just grew up thinking was true, because everybody did it. Well, it turns out it, it wasn't really the best approach. And many of us have had the had had to learn that one as opposed to the other way. I, I don't understand the oddball paradigm. I'm kind of interested, though. It, this is one of those things that how do we deal with surprise? How, how are we... Is that an oddball thing? Is that is is do we handle it in the same ways or do we handle them in different ways? And in this particular bit of work, I think it has more to do with the way your brain has matured. For example, when they show you something and teach you something the second time, it's not ever as surprising even if it has a twist to it. Think about it. I'm in the mystery novel world, so I'm hearing it that way. But you may think of it in terms of plant growing, and we can talk about that, too. Well, it's been a big Van Morrison morning. We're giving the man his due today. Stick around. Shine. We move along. 
Straight to your heart like a cannonball. Please do not use gas appliances for purposes for which they are not intended. A gas oven should never be used for heating purposes. Never store flammable materials inside. The Mississippi Propane Gas Association takes pride in keeping your home or business protected. We ensure that our products are delivered in compliance with the highest industry safety standards to safeguard your family, your property, and the environment. Our dealers participate in the industry's best practices for propane usage and promote consumer safety education. Visit MSPropane.com. Energy for everyone. Propane. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. My dad has a cold, but also has high blood pressure. That's why I got him Vicks NyQuil High Blood Pressure for fast, powerful nighttime relief. Unlike some ordinary cold medicines, it's specially formulated for people like my dad. NyQuil High Blood Pressure is sugar-free, alcohol-free, and decongestant-free. Vicks NyQuil High Blood Pressure. The nighttime sniffling, sneezing, coughing, aching, fever, sore throat, cold and flu for people with high blood pressure. Like my dad. Medicine. Use it directed. I'm Rex Baker with Gateway Rescue Mission. Maybe you've seen more homeless people on the streets than you used to. I know I have. Let me share something with you. The problem is too big for any one person or one institution to save them all. But at Gateway Rescue Mission... We try and save as many as we can, one person at a time. Look us up at www.gatewaymission.org. Since 1871, Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton has been providing everything you need. Everything for your house, fencing, plumbing, flowers, lumber. Everything for your animals, dogs, cats, birds, chickens, cows, horses. And everything for your patio and yard. Bayou Classic Cookers, Wind Chimes, Orca and Pelican Coolers. We have most everything. 150 years of serving the community, family owned and operated. Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, downtown Bolton since 1871. We'll see you soon. This is Shelby with Two Men in a Truck. At Two Men in a Truck, we've added a new service option to our brand, junk removal. Whether you're deep cleaning, renovating, or staging your home to sell, our Two Men in a Truck junk removal option is perfect to get the job done. Our professionally trained moving and junk removal teams will load and haul away your unwanted junk for you. Visit twomenandatruck.com to learn more and get a free junk removal quote. That's twomenandatruck.com. Retired or retiring soon, how much money do you need to live comfortably? Retirement Planners of America is here for you. Would you like to have financial peace of mind? Here's how. Step one, find out the amount of money you'll need to retire. Step two, have a plan to get there. Step three, make sure that plan can take advantage of market gains but protect you from market losses. Discover how to do all three with a free consultation at 800-508-6108. That's 800-508-6108. All investments involve risk, including losses. Past performance does not guarantee future results. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means up front, and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick, GMC, or pre-owned vehicle at fillmorebuickgmc.com. 
Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. The reason we're leaving so soon is because our time is going to be up this morning at 10 a.m. as usual. I have a quick story for you from Texas A&M. You know, they are the uh, folks who brought us the Fire Ant two-step, where we take the two-step approach to controlling the fire ants. And just for those of you who may not remember that particular bit of business, we are treating the area and the mound. And and the point is that if we treat the area, then we treat the mound. Then when they go out to try to eat again, they have the opportunity to get another dose. So spinosad is the key element and key key ingredient in using this particular method from their point of view. You want to know more about that, go to their website and check it out. In this particular bit of research, though, it turns out that the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention are letting us know that we are now above 2.5 million infections annually of antibiotic-resistant bacteria. Good grief. When we talk about an insect, for example, becoming inured to the pesticides we're trying to use to control it, and then you have to step up the pesticide or find a different one. We're always looking for those natural interventions because they are generally more effective for a longer period of time. It takes them longer to have the opportunity to adapt away from them. But what we have found in this case, the, the in the case of the antibiotic-resistant bacterias, the tex- folks at Texas A&M, said, how we, we got to think of another way to do this. And what they've really done is to change the whole face of the whole business. What they did was to take polymers and begin testing them, and they have created a new family from all their work with polymers previously that are capable of killing the bacteria without inducing antibiotic resistance. And that's the whole problem. Just like we talk about pesticide resistance, we talk about antibiotic resistance. And that's a big problem for us. So once again, the folks at Texas A&M are going to try and solve the problem. We hope that they're, we hope it turns out that it works. And it's so far, so good. Um, (laughs) that's for you. That's not for me. Oh my goodness. The text today. Gracious. We don't repeat everything, though. Now, something else that they have just, they, quote unquote, have just discovered, in this case it's UC San Diego. They have been working on the potential new link to understand why my skin looks like this. They don't really care about me, but why our skin ages the way that it ages. And in fact, just like most things, it turns out we may have more control over it than we believed that we had. As more people age or spend more time in the sun, of course, the skin gets drier and the skin gets more wrinkled. But even though all of these effects are well documented, the what to do about it is getting a little bit more exciting. The skin microbiome, just like we talk about the microbiome of so many other things, the skin microbiorgan, the microorganisms, the ones that live on our skin can be nourished and can be done better so that perhaps we don't end up the, the, here's my question for you. 
Have you ever had somebody and you looked at them and you realized that their face looked one age and their hands looked another? Well, we're trying to even those things out with this particular understanding of the microbiome in frontiers in aging. I love that. What a great idea for a journal. We need to know more about it. But there are some people who look different from other people as they age. And in fact, the parts, for example, my forearms are different from the back of my arms and yours probably are too, because your forearms are what see the sun more and get more dried out. So they're working on trying to understand the ways that we can sequence this to get more into the microbiome. Watch for it. It'll be on the shelf in just a couple of years. There'll be somebody with the microbiome solution. If you start this when you're 40, you're not ever going to age your skin. Yes, you are. But if we can do a little bit to hold it all together as we live longer, as my grandmother used to say, so you don't shock people because you look so different than the last time they saw you. She felt that way about hair color, but I think it might be true in aging as well. I didn't sleep well last night. I don't know about y'all. I uh, just too much in my head. I have said before that I'm one of those people that kind of runs into the wall and then falls asleep, and the wall just kept getting further away from me last night, so I never. it was difficult for me to get to sleep. The American Academy of Neurology is wanting to tell me now that people who had disrupted sleep in their 30s and 40s may be more likely to have memory and thinking problems later. Well, I didn't ever have this problem until now. <laughs> so my question is, what do I do about it? Well, they don't have an answer for me, but... In the online issue of neurology, you can indeed, sleep quality does not cause cognitive decline. They want to be sure that you understand that. For example, people who work nights and sleep days do not necessarily have a difference. Their, their clocks are set differently. Um, people who don't, who, who have compensating behaviors, for example, do not necessarily have a bigger problem. But working at the University of California, San Francisco with the American Academy of Neurology, the researchers have found that the quality rather than the quantity of sleep matters most in middle age. You can believe me that in another minute there'll be a study that pops off that tells me what happens to people at a different, different age. But I really, my question for you is, if you read in the the read online or read in the paper that they're going to do a study, would you be willing for them to give you give a journal that you had to keep bedtimes and wake times and then a sleep quality survey and then wouldn't you end up having to have all those other tests too to see why you weren't sleeping? I think we may have opened the proverbial Pandora's box on this one. Maybe I just didn't sleep last night. I don't know. Can it be that simple? Sometimes it is. Sometimes weather's cold. Sometimes it's not. Um, I'm I'm going to give today's big hello to to Trey for his insane weather forecast. <laughs> I hope you went to supertalk.tv because it's one you'll want to share with your friends. The truth of the matter is that as, as best we can tell, in the central of Zone 8, Across the center of this particular part of the world, we're looking at going into a bad patch. But it's not but a few days. We have 36, 40 hours of below freezing temperatures. The people farther north from us would be happy to hear that. But then again, they don't have vegetables that are actively growing, so they probably don't have as much to worry about. In our case, cover it up if you can. Take care of it. 
Give it the op- give yourself the opportunity to not worry too much. And as I'm very fond of saying, do what you can with what you can with what you got. And we'll we will be back, of course, to figure out how to put it all back together again because it's not going to last very much longer. It will be a few days. By next Saturday, we'll be here probably in in flip flops. You never can tell. Well, if we're not, maybe we'll be taking off to go out into space. There's, they're starting up new meals. It's not going to be all tang and, and squirt package of, of liver paste and things anymore. Now we're going to be growing more food in space, of course, because those are the things that we've been testing all of this time. And if we are able to do this in a sustainable and circular way, as they say, so that you're, you're, you're raising things at the same time that you're raising other things. You know, in other words, succession planting is what we would call it. The researchers ha- are really trying to figure out how to go from growing this stuff to turning it into a meal because they've never done that. The meals have always come with them or been sent to them or however you would uh, allow that to happen or at least the pieces of it. And in nowadays, well, I don't think it's Jose Andres, but we're going to be getting some pretty big help on the next level of space flight. What do you think? Are you up for it? Come back again next week and we'll do some more of the Garden Mama Show. The Garden Mama Show is a production of Super Talk Mississippi Media. Download past episodes at supertalk.fm and contact Garden Mama anytime at mamaonair at yahoo.com. Thanks for choosing the Garden Mama Show. One voice, the voice of agriculture. We have one job, growing the products you need every day. We have one mission, fighting for agriculture and rural Mississippi. We have you in mind, caring for your private property rights. We are the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, 100 years and counting. Become a member today at msfb.org. Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money. But they may do shoddy work, or in some cases, no work at all, costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go licensed. For more information, contact the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.us. We've sent that Rip Van Winkle guy to the dentist. Hey, what? Hey, what? And what's worse than a trip to the dentist? Your wife's paint project that you've put off. Let Seabrook Paint in Jackson and Ridgeland find that Benjamin Moore paint and a contractor that will get you back doing the important things in life, like grilling and watching sports. Seabrook, Benjamin Moore paint, and a happy wife, happy life. Seabrook Paint in Jackson on Monument and in Ridgeland on West Jackson. First down. Don't see the rock, you better keep on rolling. Can't find time to make an appointment for an oil change? Rapid Oil Change offers no appointment needed services. Drive in and save big. We offer spacious waiting areas and complete most routine maintenance in 15 minutes or less. Stop by today and see why we've been Mississippi's fast service leader for over 37 years. Rapid Oil Change, where you should be going. 
Super Talk Mississippi media production.